Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of my podcast titled The Metamorphosis of Purpose. This is now the fourth episode, and today we'll be talking about love. This, (laughs) honestly, is probably um, to date the most challenging podcast that I've done, or simply because I was heavily convicted while I was preparing for um, what I was going to say. And love is one of those words that it, it's overly used and also heavily misunderstood and just misapplied in almost every area of our lives. And so as I was really just kind of praying and like asking God what he, what he wanted me to say, um, he led me to um, two main passages of scripture. Um, one is a famous love uh, scripture, which is 1 Corinthians 13. Um, and I'll be coming from ch- uh, verses four through seven. And then he also led me to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Um, And the reason why, for me, I'm talking about love right now, because I feel like in today's climate, it's very crucial to understand what it is, what love is, and how to walk in it. And I say all the time that Jesus is love, but I don't think, I think that can easily become a cliche as opposed to fully realizing what that is. And so um, as I start out with 1 Corinthians 13 verses four through seven, I'll be coming from the Passion Translation Um, for all of my scripture today. Um, It's one of my favorite translations. I I just love the way it expounds on scripture and breaks it down. Um, But he says, um, love is large and incredibly patient. It is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements nor inflates its own sense on its own importance love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seeks its own honor love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. And I love the way it broke it down because I think, you know, if somebody were to come up and ask me, Liz, do you feel like you're loving? I would say, of course, I'm a loving person. But in just reading off um, these three verses of 1 Corinthians 13, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little convicted because there are some areas that I do well at and then you know, there's some, <laughs> let's be honest, I'm, I don't do so well at. And so for me, 
it was a heart check because especially in today's climate when somebody is not doing what we would like them to do or uh, you know if if we're talking about elections you know (laughs) both um, parties are kind of hotly contested right now Um, whether you are uh, pro-president Trump or pro-Joe Biden um, you have different opinions on both sides of who is the better candidate and it's very easy for us to um, you know state these facts and you know read from these articles and you know um, basically share all of this knowledge that we've learned in researching and we let our our motives of trying to prove our point be the driver instead of seeking to love the other person and seeing where they're coming from. And in today's climate, I really see, I mean, like just crazy debates and just crazy statements from both sides of, you know, basically insinuating, oh, you're, you're dumb or you're silly or you're foolish if you vote for this candidate. And it's going both ways. And most troubling, I see this even in the Christian community. And it's, it is heartbreaking to me because I think, for me, honestly, um, this is my first time voting as like an actual believer. You know, the, <laughs> every time I voted before, you know, I was very much a non-Christian and I was like, hey, que sera, sera. Like, I'm going to go with what I believe, right? And I'm going to go with what I think is right. Um, but I do think as a believer, there is a charge, um, a more serious charge to really weigh um, what each candidate stands for and say, okay, this is what each candidate stands for. Which one is closest to what um, the Bible or what Jesus um, has stood for and he continues to stand for. And so this is the first election that I've actively taken an interest in um, both sides and properly and fairly doing my research and seeing where they stand on all of the issues, not that are just near and dear to me, but all the issues that they have um, that have kind of been like hot topics, right? Um, And it has been very interesting because my response has also changed because I don't seek to prove uh, a a point or even try to get my knowledge across. I like to ask questions and see where other people are coming from. Um, But I find it very interesting. Um, Going back to love that um, in the church, it's like vote for this person or else. And it's like, okay, (laughs) but if I don't vote for this person, what will happen? And we have to be very careful that we are not living according to our own uh, personal rules and regulations, but we're living according to the Bible. And so 
I know I just went off on a whole spiel about the elections, but love is very important, um, period, not just in today's climate, but in our everyday lives, even after the election is over and, you know, we get the results of who has won the next presidency. I think that love is going to be very crucial because regardless, there's going to be people on either side who are not going to agree with the choice. And as Christians, we have to be the light of the world, right? And so this is something that God has really just been convicting me on is what is love and how do we show it, right? And not just in 1 Corinthians 13, but... I love how Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 unpacks it uh, in the Passion Translation. And he says, but the, fruit of this, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. And so really just going back from the top of that verse, or those two verses, and really unpacking that, I love how he says, like, honestly, the fruit is is based off of love and love has different expressions and you know in other translations you know it says love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control you know and it, it lists it all together but I love in the passion translation how he broke it down he said no it's all love but it's expressed differently and so he said you know the first thing is is joy that overflows And what came to me as I was reading that is, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when I looked it up in the Strong's Concordance, you know, uh, some of the uh, synonyms were cheerfulness and a calm delight. And in our lives, especially in, in with the world today, in the current climate, you know, not just with the elections, but in the middle of a worldwide pandemic where, you know, they're saying that numbers are on the rise again. Not to mention, you know, flu season is here. Can we honestly say that we have a joy that overflows, that the joy of the Lord is our strength, that we have a cheerfulness and calm delight in which we interact with the world around us? And I love in Romans 12, one and two, because it tells us to be in the world, but not of the world. See, we're called to be the salt and light of the world. We're called to be the ones who bring the kingdom to earth, right? (laughs) You know, as we pray, you know, the Lord's prayer, you know, says, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray this, I pray that it's not just words for us, but that it truly is, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done. And help me to realize that I am that person and I am that agent of change that will bring your kingdom into the earth and see I love it because when Jesus walked the earth he would look around and say you know 
in heaven, this is how it's supposed to be. And, and, and on earth, this is what it is. And so I have to bring heavens now into earth as is. And as William McDowell said, you know, there's, there was no other context other than to call it a miracle. And honestly, in the Bible, it tells us that, you know, as believers, signs, miracles, and wonders should follow us. And so in the world today, especially in this climate, we should be saying, you know what? This is heavens now, but it's not lining up with earth as is. And so there's something that we need to do to bring that into reality. One of those things that we can do, honestly, I think is a true miracle to be able to walk around and have a joy that overflows, a cheerfulness and calm delight where nothing uh, really just, you're just steady and you're standing firm on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. The next fruit is peace that subdues. And when I when I heard of when I heard that, I, you know, I thought of you know Jesus when he says, you know, I my peace uh, I, I give to you. You know, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, he's at peace that surpasses all understanding. And the way that you can have that joy that overflows is to have that peace that subdues, right? And so in the midst of the world today, you can say, no matter what is going on around me, I have a peace that I'm in the palm of my Abba Father's hand and he will not let one thing touch me, right? He has promised, he goes before me, he stands behind me, he covers all around me. And it helps you to have that cheerfulness and calm delight. And then they talk about a patience that endures. And I went to um, Galatians 6, 9, where it says, you know, do not grow weary for in due season, you will reap if you faint not. And I know in today's season, you know, in today's climate, we could, you know, it seems like the pandemic is just going on and on and on. And some people are getting stir crazy, you know, because for the most part, they've been in their house and, you know, for some, they have kids, for some, they've just married, you know, for some, they're single. And, you know, each, each set of people are dealing with their own unique issues and battles. And it could be easy to say, I'm so sick of this. I just want this to be over. Lord, just end it now. But I also have to understand that there is a blessing even in this in the seasons and situations where we just want to hurry up and rush a thing, right? And that is when I have to pray for myself to say, Lord, give me that patience that endures. Give me that Romans 12, 12, where it says to be joyful in hope patient in affliction and faithful in prayer that's a hard thing to do that's very hard to do like lord you want me to be joyful and hope like hope you want me to be joyful in something that i can only imagine you want to be you want me to be patient in affliction 
when it doesn't feel good you want me to just have this peace this joy just this endurance and to abide in prayer it's not an easy thing but that's what the Lord asks of us and it's a fruit then he goes on to kindness kindness in action and it led me to Colossians 3.12 where it says clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience and I think of not only just my life but the lives of those around me and every day I wake up and I say Lord even if it's just one person help me to show your kindness to them whoever I come across help me to to get rid of myself to die to myself to show kindness because you truly just never know what a person is going through especially in these times you truly never know what somebody is dealing with what somebody is 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 battling with honestly and a smile a hug a a kind word can go a long way even a, a compliment or an encouragement just taking a couple seconds out of your day to truly pay attention to someone else can really bless their lives and I love how it, it is a verb it's like kindness in action it's something that you're continuously doing right so in your life after you listen to this or as you listen to this write down five ways that you can be intentionally kind to your family to yourself right (laughs) you know to your church family or you know whoever it is the people you meet throughout the day what are five ways that you can show kindness in today's world whether it's holding a door open helping somebody with their bags you know giving somebody a hug smiling at them complimenting them on their shoes just saying hi and wish and genuinely wishing them a nice day let that be kindness in action for you then the next fruit is a life full of virtue and in other translations it describes it as goodness and the the definition i got for that was just moral uprightness how can you live a life of integrity how can you be that person that people know if I go to this person they're not going to steer me wrong they're not going to um, just give me any type of answer but they're going to give me a solid biblical answer they're going to give me an, uh, an, uh, a word or a solution that might not feel good to me but I know that there's goodness in it and it reflects the heart of God the next fruit is a faith that prevails and I thought of Hebrews 11 1 which is the famous faith chapter in the Bible um, but I thought of Hebrews 11 1 and I just actually had to write down this whole verse and read it it says now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. 
Wow. So, Lord, you want me to have a faith that prevails. You want me to have a faith that even when it looks like this pandemic is not going to end, even when it looks like I might not be able to find a job, even when it looks like I might lose this house, even when it looks like I might get this divorce, even when it looks like I don't know if the car is going to be there tomorrow because I have not had money to pay the bill. Even if it looks like, Lord, I need medical care and I have no insurance. Have that faith that prevails. Because again, it says faith brings our hopes into reality. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. And I love how they redid the song Waymaker. And it says, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. And may we have that faith that prevails to understand that God never stops working. He is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? There's no situation in your life that will ever be too far gone, too big, or too small that God will not take care of it and take care of it exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask think hope dream or pray for have that faith that prevails that says "Mm, i don't know i can't i can't figure it out on my own but i know that there's a god who's already figured it out and in that my faith will prevail in that i will put my hope and trust in him Then the next fruit is gentleness of heart. And it took me to Proverbs 15.1, where it says a soft answer turns away wrath. And in the Strong's Concordance, next to it, it said humility. Are we humble in our daily lives? Can we say, not my will? Doesn't matter if I'm right in this doesn't matter if I know not my will but God your glory and your glory alone be shown be evident and be seen in every situation that I'm in in every aspect of my life may your glory shine through I'm not even gonna lie I don't do it all the time sometimes look I'm just gonna be real honest I'm kind of patty so Sometimes I got to have the last word. I mean, if we're being honest, right? Like we're human. I'm not even going to sit here in front like I'm this perfect Christian. Nope. This is why I need Jesus. Okay. And the Holy Spirit. And this is also why this lesson was very hard for me because it has, it's convicting. This is what the word does. It convicts. The Holy Spirit convicts. So it's a good thing. But am I humble enough? in my daily life to say Lord may you get the glory in every situation of my life even when it doesn't turn out the way I wanted it to even when this person doesn't react the way I thought they would even when what I hoped for did not come to pass 
Am I going to let my heart be hardened or am I going to continue to be gentle? Am I going to continue to treat other people with gentleness and tenderness? And then finally, the last fruit is strength of spirit, also called self-control. And it kind of goes in with the gentleness of heart, where the word was restraint. Sometimes, not even sometimes, all the time, as we're led by the Holy Spirit, you will know how and when to apply pressure and for how long. Sometimes no pressure is needed. Sometimes a little pressure is needed. And sometimes a lot of pressure is needed. And that can go for any situation, any circumstance in our lives. Sometimes we have to apply pressure. And sometimes we have to let God do the work. Sometimes we have to sit there and say, no, I'm not going to have that that last cookie. Sometimes we're going to say, you know what? I'm only going to have a handful of chips and I'm going to walk away. In my case, I have to say, it's okay if I don't have the last word. It's okay if my side of the story doesn't get told and this person is looking like they're the victim. It's okay if they talk about me and defame my character. It's okay if they're not really for me. Because see, these are the things I deal with. This is my own personal walk. It's okay for me if I'm misunderstood. And this is misunderstanding is like one of the, has been one of the biggest hindrances to me going further in my calling because I have this fear of being misunderstood. Lord, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I, I, I don't want to say this and sound mean or harsh. But if the Holy Spirit gives it to me, I have to say it. I have to do it. And for so long, I wrestled with that fear of being misunderstood because I felt like people wouldn't understand that it was the Holy Spirit giving me that word to say. And now I have to be okay with that. And that self-control is me releasing what the Holy Spirit has told me to say to a person and then leaving it because it's not my job to steward that word. It's my job to obey. That's my self-control. It's okay not to clap back. It's okay, Liz, not to have the last word. And as as Paul reminds us, never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. And there's one last thing that I found fascinating as I was really researching um, Galatians chapter 5 22 and 23 in the Strong's Concordance under spirit it listed wind or breath and one of the first things 
that happens when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is that the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. And I love it because we are truly not our own anymore. Because even before then, every breath that we took was nothing but a gift from Yahweh, right? Every inhale and every exhale. But it just hits different when you're in Christ and you have the Holy Spirit working inside of you. Because it says the fruit, the, the, the spirit or the breath. The fruit is produced by the breath, the wind. So literally, as I'm in Christ, this inhale and this exhale, as, I, as I'm led by the Holy Spirit, it's producing this in my life. Mm. Just by breathing. Wow. By breathing his breath. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. And so... I say all that to say... In this era and in this climate... With the pandemic and... With the elections coming up... Christians, I charge you... To be love. Be like Jesus. It says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Jesus. For the joy set before him. Endured the cross. And its shame. He literally gave his life. That's how much he loved us. In Revelations chapter 12, I believe it's verse 11 or 12, it says, For we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving our lives not unto death. And I truly believe that in this time, we are going to, and it's not going to be literal death, but we have to love so recklessly, so relentlessly, so intentionally, and so passionately, we will have to love. And it's going to require us laying down our lives because it's not something that we can do in and of ourselves. It's not something that we could do on our own. And even Jesus realized that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, I mean, please, If you can take this cup from me, I don't want to die like this. I don't want to be crucified. I can already feel the pain before it comes. I don't want to do this. But nevertheless, God, your will be done. We're going to have to get to that point in these times where this God, I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't want to have to stay in this house another day I don't want to have to to have a a, a civilized and loving conversation with this person who was determined to hate me another day but nevertheless not my will but yours be done 
Father, you get the glory out of my life. You get the glory in my story. And I truly, truly, truly believe that is how we are going to overcome the world. I truly believe that this is how the church will rise up again and take the world by storm. And how true revival ushered in when we become laid down lovers of Jesus Christ and say, not our will, Lord, but yours. I will, we will die to ourselves. We will show that love, that passionate love in all its varied expressions. We will show it all. We will have joy that overflows. We will have peace that subdues. We will have patience that endures. We will be kind. We will intentionally and actively be kind. We will have a life full of virtue. We will we will just show the goodness of God everywhere we go. We will have a faith that prevails when it doesn't look like there sh- it should be a way. We're going to have that faith that declares that there will be a way and the way has already been made. We will have that gentleness of heart, that humility, and we will have that restraint or that strength of spirit. And I just urge you, I just urge you to make it a point to walk in love. And the only way to walk in love is to be love. And the only way to be love is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because he is love. And as we become one in him, we become all that he is. Amen. Amen. You guys have a blessed wonderful and awesome day evening night whatever time that you're listening to this i love you with the love of christ and i just speak blessings over you in jesus name amen bye bye